0: You're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoins, our tribe beat writer. Paul, the uh, 2019 season has come to an end, and, and sort of the, uh, the official wrap-up for, for us to the 2019 season is always the, uh, the post-mortem, the, the, the meeting with Terry Francona, Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, as all the, uh, the Indians writers got together and fired questions at him for about 45 minutes here uh what was your biggest takeaway from uh the the meeting with the uh the tribe brass today and and
1: what they expect in the coming off season you know joe i always feel like these things are like you know the autopsy room <laughs> at, at, at ncis you know ducky and gibbs are down there <laughs> looking looking at the body here from uh 2019 and i guess uh um The big thing I took away is that, you know, they're picking up Corey Kluber's option for next year, $17.5 million. Um, You know, things were kind of leaning that way, it looked like. Mm -hmm. uh, But they usually don't do this this early, you know. And uh, they usually wait until, you know, the – I think November second, November third. That, that you know the official date. Then they do it. But I guess they just wanted to get it out there and uh, good yeah, for us. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. They they
0: jumped right in right off the bat before we could you know sort of uh, gently get around to asking a question a question indirectly and, and have them. Uh, they just sort of came out and said, "Hey, we're picking up Corey Kluber's option." And in the same breath, they said that they're declining the options on Jason Kipnis and Dan Otero, uh, making it pretty likely that neither of those guys will be on the roster next year
1: yeah i don't you know usually when they do that they always leave the door open you know they left the door open for michael brantley and Melky cabrera and the 20 other free agents that have left that left this team the last two years uh but you know i think oliver perez is the only guy that's made it (laughs) back so uh you know usually that that is uh you know Thanks, but you know we'll see you later. And uh, but I, you know, I do think you know Kipnis to me is kind of an interesting guy. I, you know, just from talking to him and you, we, when we were talking to him, you know, when the season ended with the uh, broken hamate bone, uh, you know, he he made it pretty clear that he would be open to coming back. He's you know, what his option was worth what fourteen point five million. He knows he's no longer that kind of player. Um, you know, and, you know, I think if they run out of options or they're a little short in the middle infield, I, I think he, you could see him back here.
0: They, they did talk about having discussions with Jose Ramirez about, you know, where he's going to play next year. Is it going to be second base? Is it going to be third, third base? Uh, Jose's sort of feeling is that he doesn't want to be bouncing back and forth between a position. So I, I guess in that sense, it makes it less likely that you're going to bring Kipnis back because if you do, you're going to you're going to keep ramirez i I still think ramirez is destined to play second base at some point and and just be the everyday second baseman for this for this team
1: you know i you know i they've always said you know people even outside the organization say that's his best position but joe like two years ago when they switched him over when they got donaldson he played terrible over at second base i think he's got too big to play the position he's gonna have to get in shape uh to play there over the winter I I really believe that and you know this and uh I I, that surprised me when they said that because I thought he kind of played his way into being a third baseman you know physically right and I I don't know you know if his range is still there and it'll be interesting but they've always said that uh you know that's his best spot and uh you know, he's, that was but that was two or three years ago. Yeah,
0: and I, th- I think back to the the 2017 season when they were on a 22 game winning streak, and because Kipnis was injured, Ramirez was playing second base, and that was, you know, Tito said. We have a good thing going. I don't oh, want to mess it up, and that—that's yeah. what sent Kipnis out to center field. Exactly.
1: They had Urshela at third. Mm-hmm. You know, Lindor at short, uh, Ramirez at second base. I mean, that was a great infield. It's pretty good. And Santana, infield. I think, was Santana's at first yep. base. Santana at first. That base, was too. that was that was a, a solid infield.
0: Uh, just to touch back on Kluber, uh, one of the things that Chris Antonetti did say was that with this this off uh, this this season sort of. Uh, you know, rehabbing and spent working. And, and Tito mentioned as well, uh, they expect Kluber to come back and and be the Corey Kluber of old, the Cy Young Corey Kluber. Uh, Tito said he was able to work through some things in his delivery that you know not, because he had the rest and he wasn't having to do it during the season. You know, he found some some delivery points and some some things in his uh, you know motion that that might pay off next year uh, in in in
1: terms of you know just him being able to, to to pitch more effectively yeah i mean you know and you know i can remember you know this this guy's a year removed from a 20 win season and but you we all know how that season ended with uh, the two, with his performance against uh, houston and we we were down there joe and we and you could see his arm dropping down and lower and lower his arm angle was dropping and uh you know they said because his back leg was, his knee was getting lower, his arm was getting lower, and maybe he's been able to, you know, to the year off, basically the year off, has got him back into those sound mechanics. He's he hasn't been beaten down by throwing 250 innings again. Uh, so maybe you know, let's he'll he'll pitch at 34 next year. <laughs> so with a year off, I think uh, I don't know if he's a Cy, the Cy Young Corey Kluber, but. You know, hopefully, uh, he, he, I think hopefully he, you know, he he's a, a solid version of the Corey Kluber we've seen, and can you know kind of take the lead as the lead dog in this this rotation, which is going to be one of the best rotations in baseball. Right. Uh, news coming
0: out of this uh, this meeting again, uh, Scott Atchison, the uh, the bullpen coach for the last two seasons under Terry Francona, uh, will not be back. Uh, Francona described that. Uh, That meeting and that conversation as difficult uh, to have with Atchison.
1: Uh, You know, what did you take away from Atchison not coming back? I I was shocked. I mean, I'm really surprised. I mean, uh, you know, two years ago Jason Beret got it, and that was what uh, the after the 2017 team. I think they had the best. Best bullpen ERA and best uh, starting rotation ERA in baseball. That was the year they won twenty two straight. You know, and uh, he didn't. He didn't get. You know, he didn't get. He's not back. And Atchison replaced him. And now he <laughs> he's gone. So you know, it 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 just shows you. It's it's such a, you know, they. You know, Tito runs such a like a good clubhouse, and it and he seems everybody seems to get along with some everybody else. The coaches, it's good, you know that good chemistry. But it's there you know that in uh, in the professional baseball, there's such a you know. You reach a line and bang, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it goes from a sport and goes from good chemistry to a business, and you're out the door. And you know, what 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 was the Indians' ER, bullpen ERA this year? Really good. It was. it top five? Yeah, it was top five was, in the in the league for and, sure. Uh, it's, and I know they ran out of gas at the end of the year. And it, it's always that that that's. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who was a reliever. He, he was a reliever for most of his career. He, you know, he, he pitched here. He pitched in the bullpen, and uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Some, you know, maybe they want a, a different kind of guy that reaches or teaches a different kind of theory. You can still go back with Atchison. What was the, the one
0: year he had to pitch? The continuation of a game against, yeah, right. against the, uh, Kansas City. I believe that was 2013, right? Yeah, the
1: suspended game. Suspended
0: uh, game, and they, they they picked it up in uh, it in, was in Cleveland. In it Cleveland. ended in sh- Kansas it, City. The game started in Kansas City. There was weather delays. They they finished the game before a game in Cleveland. Atchison had to pitch, and it was a game that you know Cleveland was winning at the time, but Kansas City was able to bring back all these lefties off the uh, bench to yeah. to face him who weren't in the game. When they originally played it, just just hearing that story and hearing Tito tell that story, it's just it's, it's weird that you know that relationship. Not not the relationship
1: soured, but that you know the the working relationship. I yeah, guess, I so. mean, and you know, this is a guy that pitched for Tito in in Boston and Cleveland. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right, one of the uh, one of the, <laughs> I guess it's a yearly tradition. I guess for the last three four years now, uh, at this this sit down with with Francona and Antonetti and, and the guys to ask about Fran. Uh, Frankie Lindor's contract, and to to sort of push these guys and, and sort of try and get them to say what they're thinking. And it's always a, a party line. You know, we're we're open to any discussions, or we we love to have Frankie finish the yeah. the his career here in Cleveland. Uh, again, both sides have to be sort of in
1: agreement for something like this. Yeah, it takes two to tango, right? You know, and uh, I thought uh, you know this is kind of the opti- optimal time to trade him. He's still got two years left. If you're going to get a good return, you know, and and you would for Lindor, this is the time to maximize that. If you're going to trade the guy, uh, but from all indications that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Antonetti said no. You know, we expect he said it all. You know, in, the, in those situations. He, he he pointed to what kind of team? How competitive are you going to be mm-hmm. in in you know down the road here next year and the year after that? And he said we had, we anticipate being a very competitive team and we anticipate Frankie Lindor being on that team. Well, I I guess what, if you read between the
0: lines there, the the tragedy of the situation is the Indians are going to be just good enough of a team next year we anticipate for them to not trade Lindor. It, for, right. for, for something. They're going to be competitive enough that they have to keep Lindor on. If they you know just totally go in the tank after the first two months of the season, yeah, you're going to see him trade. If there's no chance of reaching the playoffs, you're going to see talk about him getting traded increase. Right. But if they're competitive throughout the season, much like they were this year, Frankie's on this team till the end, and then he walks, and yeah. they get nothing but a draft pick wherever he signs
1: yeah i mean and uh, you know they've done it before i think you know you've got him for two more years you got him for 2020 2021 uh then he's a free agent after the the 21 season and uh you know i i just don't see how they can make this work joe i really don't i i think he's gone after i think they, they ride him out and uh I think he's gone after the 2021 season. They're not going to pay this guy 400 million dollars. They're not going to pay him 300 they can. million. They can't. So, what
0: did, what did they say? The, the next time they, they, they offer a
1: 300 million dollar contract will be the first time and yeah. the only time. It will be never. it yeah, is so, I mean, you know, they're just going to. I think they'll try to win as many games as they can with him, and then uh, you know it'll be it'll be Lindor into the sunset. We also got
0: an indication uh, where they are on. Uh, Yasiel Puig, uh, a, a guy who they brought in via trade at the deadline, and it was pretty much stated up front. You know, hey, we're getting we're getting two months out of this guy, and that's going to be it. And and that sort of seems to be the indication. Uh, of course, Chris Antonetti is going to say the door is always open, but at you know somewhere around the eighteen million dollar a year range, yeah, I don't think
1: the the door is open enough for Puig. Definitely, definitely, I think. Uh, um you know, I think he's you know I think he was a pleasant surprise I think uh, you know he, he fit in well here there's a lot of you know players from Latin America here he he fit in like a glove to me. I thought he had a blast there he was always screwing around in the locker room. I thought he gave him good production in in right field. I'll never forget that game at Yankee Stadium where he kind of you know. They had a guy on third base, uh, I think one out or no outs. A guy in third base, and the guy never scored because three bo- three fly balls were hit to, to Puig, and and the guy couldn't get couldn't take couldn't more go. than five feet off a of third base because because you know his throws were like a, out of a cannon. So you know that was fun. And, but just uh, as many memories of him,
0: you know, f- missing a cutoff, yeah. guy yeah, because he's he wants to show that arm right, off and, yeah. and whatnot. He, he made it made quite the quite a few bonehead plays. You think about the. Uh, not running out the
1: ground ball in Minnesota yeah. as well, and you know the th- thing that surprised me is he only hit two home runs here. Yeah, his power. I don't. I think he hurt his ankle or something. Was I don't think he was a hundred percent when he ran. When he almost killed Mercado. Mercado yeah, Mercado <laughs> took him out. <laughs> yeah. The the
0: hundred twenty five pound soaking <laughs> yeah. wet center fielder took yeah. him out. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. But no, that, you could tell he was he was hurting by the end of the year. You had Puig. You had Roberto Perez. This whole team was on fumes yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah. But uh, you bring up Roberto Perez, uh, now they're going to be looking at him seeing a specialist and possibly undergoing some sort of ankle procedure. Uh, so you knew he was hurting throughout the season. Yeah. But just the way he stepped up this year was remarkable for the Indians.
1: Yeah, he had a great year, no doubt about it. I think we all knew he was a, you know, a, a solid defensive player. And he finally got a chance to play and swing the bat every day. And we saw some power out of him, uh, some production. And uh, until he got hurt... You know, at the last game right before the All Star break, when he got hurt in that play at the plate against Cincinnati, I mean, I think he could have. Had, his numbers would have been even better because, you know, obviously his his you know he, his base with his with his stance something was hurting there mm-hmm. because his power dropped off dramatically in the second half. And uh, but you know, give him credit. I think he played what 100 may played 118 games, 114 starts. Uh, Played you know what over hundred games no pass balls that's amazing that's and, and led that's all crazy. Of, led
0: all of baseball in defensive runs saved uh, according to Fangraphs he 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 has positioned himself for a Gold Glove at short at, at, at catcher um, I I think right now you got to say he's the favorite in the American League
1: I would think so yeah he 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 he's had a great he had a great year
0: uh, we talked with Antonetti and. Chernoff and, and Francona about the young pitchers the young uh, players who developed this this past season uh, you saw Zach Plisak Aaron Savali you saw Shane Bieber you know take that next step uh, what can we expect from these guys you know throughout this offseason and into spring training uh, are, are they going to be ready to come back and and be as productive as they were last year
1: well I think you know Bieber, you know, we've seen I think you know, kind of the proof is in the pudding. He's we've had we've seen, you know, a year and a half of, of very very good pitching. You know, he should get some Cy Young votes this year the way, you know, he you know, based on strikeouts and and innings pitched and uh, starts, I mean, the guy made 33 starts in his second second full year in the second first full year in the big leagues. Right. Really? I mean, uh, so I you know I think uh, you know he's well on his way, and I like the the idea that you know they're going to slow play him in spring training. You know. As they've done in the past with guys like, you know, uh, who they they did it with Kluber, Car- Carrasco, and Clevenger. And Clevenger. I, so I think they'll do that again with those guys. Uh, you know, Savali is is a different. Different animal to me. I, 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 uh, I wonder, you know, if especially if Carrasco comes back, is there a spot for him? You know, is he going to have to pitch more at AAA? And I, I would think, you know, that's great depth to have there. If he doesn't make the club, I mean, then he, he goes to AAA and he spends, you know, maybe a full season, a half, three fourths of a season, then comes up and helps the club. But, you know, either, and no matter how you cut it, he had a, you know, he made a great first impression. Uh, he's shown he can uh, handle the pressure here. And like these guys say, you know, like Antonetti and, and Francona say, it's not just coming up to the big leagues. You know, lots of guys right. get to the big leagues. It's, it's coming up to the big leagues and being able to perform and help your team win. And, and we saw that from Plesek, Savali, Plutko. You know, we saw that from, you know, a lot of those young pitchers. Right. And,
0: you know, it's this season, more than any, really, with the injuries that the Indians suffered, showed you need six, seven, eight guys to be starters. You got to have that depth throughout your organization, and and the Indians have proven that they they have that. They've got six, seven, eight guys that they can run out there and have a reasonable expectation each night that they can win a game. Uh, that that's going to be the case heading into next season, as long as everybody is is healthy and coming back uh, full strength and that's that more than anything more than anything on the the position player side of things being able to rely on that depth is is what allows you to have expectations for next season
1: yeah and that's what got him through this season you know when when they had the injuries and uh, they were able to stay in the race, and then you know mount a a rally that you know had, had them catch the the twins, uh, catch and pass the twins, but only for a day. But right. they were they were. I mean that was a big 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 time rally from eleven and a half, ten and a half games back. That that right. you don't it, see that happen. Too it it reminded that.
0: me of in basketball you always see. Uh, uh, and especially in the NBA, you see a team fall back by 20 points in a game, and they have to exert so much energy to get back to even late in the game, and then yeah. they wind up losing in the last two minutes of the game because because they spent all their energy making up the deficit. Right. And that's really what what sort of happened with this team. Uh, a couple other guys to quick hit on: uh, Bradley Zimmer. They talked to Bradley Zimmer and said, "Hey, you need you need some more at bats." Bradley Zimmer said, "Hey, I want to go, you know, have an off season." So, what do you expect uh, Bradley Zimmer's you know season to be next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's a little bit of a surprise to me. I thought he'd play winter ball. Uh, you know, I you know, in talking to the, uh, Zim, you know, in w- when the team was in Washington, he said you know he was looking forward to going home, getting his body in in uh, you know a hundred percent shape, and then coming into spring training and winning his job back. I think. When Tito pointed out, he's basically missed a year and a half because mm-hmm. he had the shoulder surgery not two two Julys ago, right. and and uh, so you're looking at a lot of time to catch up. And uh, he's changed his stance. I don't know. I think uh, we'll see how this works out. I mean, I'm sure he's going to work hard. I'm sure he's going to be, you know, he's going to be in, in, in as as close to you know 100 as he can be. But I I think you know. Ultimately, players miss at bats, and and you got to make that up somehow. And maybe he's he's going to because of you know this this decision. Maybe you know as Francona pointed out, you he probably you're probably going to have to start the season at AAA next year.
0: Right. Uh, We we talked to him about uh, Framel Reyes acquired in in the same trade that brought him Yasiel Puig. They don't want Reyes to be just a DH next year. So that's also going to involve some work on Reyes' part.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I'm really excited about this guy. I, I think finally, you know, the Indians have a, a legitimate power hitter. This is a guy that, what, he had 37, 38 home runs between here and San Diego. I think he's only going to get better, you know, at, at, when he fits into a role in Cleveland here, a full f- first full season. I think he'll DH most of the time. He'll play some right field. I mean, Joe, he's a huge guy. You've seen him. Right. I mean, uh, they want him to lose some weight. I guess he's, he's probably pushing 280, 290 right now. He's 6'5", 6'6". I don't know how big he Yeah, and he's a monster. So, you know... Um you know, I don't think uh, he's going to be, you know, Roberto Clemente out in right field. Uh, but I think, you know, obviously he can play out there. He played there for San Diego. His bat is going to allow him to play somewhere. Right. It's either DH or right field. And I think the more they can, the more, the more you get a player involved in off at both sides of the ball. I think the better you, get, better player you get. He's, he's
0: focused. He's locked yeah. in. He, he, that that it requires that much more focus. Uh, he has tremendous power to right center field as well. Uh, the percentage of his home runs that went to right center and right field was in in, in the top percentage of the league. There, um, yeah. He was the centerpiece. Make no no bones yeah. about. It. He was the centerpiece of that trade because they got him. Once. Because they have control over him for the next five years. Yeah, that's, I mean this is
1: that's this tremendous. is an exciting player. If if he stays healthy and he you know continues to swing the bat like he has the last year and a half. Jeez. Well, what Tito said,
0: you know, uh, guys that hit forty home runs don't grow on trees. That's right. So they they've got theirs for you know, and and hopefully he just slots right into that that. Uh, uh, number four spot, the cleanup spot in, right. the, in the order next year, and they go from there. Uh, last guy we, we, we really talked about was Jake Bowers. Uh, they, they mentioned that the the exit interview with Jake Bowers was sounded more like a sit down with the principal's office than yeah. uh, than anything else. The come to Jesus, yeah, meeting. And and it, it, there were some things that Jake Bowers probably needed to hear in that meeting that weren't easy for him to hear, and he probably gave as well as he get ga- uh, you know got. In terms of what he wanted to hear from the coaching staff and the organization, uh, this is a guy who they made a trade for. They they made him a part of that Carlos Santana, yadi Diaz trade uh, because they saw something in him. Yeah, and and there were flashes of it throughout the. He had, he hit for the cycle a again he had a 450 foot home run this season. He there were flashes. He's versatile. He plays in left field. He plays first base, but there's just something lacking with him and you can just just kinda of tell I don't know if it's attitude, I don't know if it's, you know, work ethic, what it is, but there's just something that he needs a little bit more of to become the
1: player that the Indians want him to be. Yeah, you know, I I kinda liked what he did before, you know, they added they made the uh, you know, the Bauer deal for a Puig and and uh, and Reyes. On July 31st, I thought, you know, he was pretty productive. He was playing every day. He was getting a lot of at-bats, mm-hmm. you know, and he's str- he's, there's a lot of swing and miss with him. When they sent him down to the minors, it wasn't because they did not give him a chance. Right, yeah. I mean, he had, he had and, but when he came back, I didn't see the same guy. You know, and I don't know if he was frustrated because he he came back and he wasn't playing every day, and there was a you know fra- you know there was a bunch of outfielders in front of him, you know he's playing sporadically, uh, and you look over and Mercado's lighting the world on fire, and, right?
0: And that's you sort of I don't know if he's either you know jealous or whatnot, but you know that's of, yeah. that, that's sort of the the praise and the accolades that Mercado received throughout the end of that season were sort of I think. Bowers might have thought were
1: his birthright. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know, you know, and I just think, you know, he he came in with you know, getting compared with Yandi Diaz, you know, people were upset that that the Yandi Diaz and and Bauer, you know, they, they Yandy never got a real shot here. Uh, Bowers, uh, you know, came in and got more than a fair, share, fair shot, you know, in the time he was up here. He got a lot of at-bats before they sent him down. And, you know, I think he turned out to be, you know, I think, I think in, you know, two years from now, he's probably going to be a better player than Yandi. I really do. I think he's more versatile. I think he's younger. I think, you know, if, I think he'll be, a, you know, I think he'll be a more productive player. But, you know, that remains to be seen. All right, well,
0: uh, you know, just wrapping up, wrapping up the season as a whole, we're, this will be the last time we do a, a sort of a look back maybe. Uh, I think next week our podcast is going to focus on uh, uh, awards from the season. Uh, we'll, we'll run down some uh, individual honors that we dole out for the, uh, the Indians at the first half of the podcast, uh, maybe wrap up some playoff stuff after that. But, uh, you know, just in general, your impression of this season and, and how
1: things went. You know, I I thought it was a a, you know ninety three wins. You can't really be disappointed in that. Uh, I was disappointed with uh, you know the way they ended. I thought uh, I thought you know they you know you lose five straight, and in those five straight games, you get eliminated from the division and you get eliminated from the uh, wild card. You know, not not the not the best way to go into the off season. I I thought they showed a lot of heart uh, coming back from an eleven and a half game deficit. I thought uh, the uh, minor league, uh, minor league development program had you know got an A plus. You know you develop you you all of a sudden you reach down you get Mercado, you get uh, Plisac, you get Savali. Plutko comes up and is you know the, a better version than we've seen of Plutko. I mean uh, you know you can't ask for much more than that. And uh, I thought it was a solid season, uh, probably. You know, probably one of the best Tito Francona. Yeah, managing I thought he did, jobs I thought he did a, great, a great job managing. I thought uh, they're probably hurt a little bit by the the payroll cutbacks at the beginning of the year. It took, you know, this team was finished third in the AL and runs last year. They finished seventh this year, and and you know that before they got Puig and, and uh, Reyes, they were struggling to score runs, and uh, you know so I, I you can't discount that and it put them in a hole, I you know and I, it's it's funny Joe like you think about this, uh, you know I in 2016 when they made the run to the game seven of the World Series, I thought they were that was an exhausted team. I thought they had they had given everything they had and uh and now you know you say now you, we hear the same thing they were gassed mm-hmm. now can you look, i don't know if you can compare the season so i think you know, maybe maybe it's a different kind of uh you know exertion you're playing playoff games since what july 4th right or june 4th i should say you know and and obviously that's going to catch up to you maybe that that falls in the line with that but you know i i you know i think sometimes uh Sometimes players just have to play, and they have to come through. and uh, And we we didn't see that toward the end of the season. That those last five games would they have made what would have made a difference? Would they've got to the wild card? Would they get beat by Oakland or Tampa Bay? Who knows? But uh, I know they they gave it a run, and they just kind of hit the wall at the wrong time.
0: Right. Well, uh, that's that's going to put a bow on uh, on twenty nineteen, <laughs> uh uh, another great year on the beat with you. Uh, really enjoyed it, and uh, now we're into the off season. It's, uh, it's all, right. all and, and all the fun that comes with, uh, <laughs> with that kind of thing. Uh, don't don't ever be too far away from uh, from your phone for yeah, updates on the uh, the free agency front and, and all that. Uh, uh, again, we'll uh, we'll be back with you on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast throughout the off season. So uh, stick around, come back, and we will talk to you again soon.